0: You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rappoff.
1: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Bulldog Hour's fourth season I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Rapoff.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting as we're getting closer to, you know, that time where we're going to have football to talk about, like actual games, you know. Um but we've got a lot to cover before then uh, and I think you're going to like some of the stuff we we put out there um over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, we talk about the season coming around the corner cuz quite literally in less than twelve hours, the team will be out there. Yeah, have fun with that. For heat acclimatization period, it was mandated by the PIAA. I think like prior to the like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, like something like that. One of, one
0: of the early seasons for that wasn't. There it, are a like, bunch of teams it, that don't participate. It wasn't that hot. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. It was one of the. years, It was I don't cool, remember.
1: very cool. Like it was overcast, cool, <laughs> and like a little damp, a little moist, right. and like there was nothing to <laughs> acclimate yourself to. <laughs> So, that was a running joke. No, but not,
0: not the case tomorrow.
1: There's a bunch of teams around the state that don't do... Basically, the state was gave the teams an opportunity to have three weeks of practice. Right. That's how it had been before. Uh, now, that's different because of moving the season a little bit earlier. Because right. um, now, with the heat acclimatization period, you were back to kind of two because you have the week where the heat week that starts tomorrow across the state of Pennsylvania that is mandated certain time on the field, certain equipment can and can't be used. So like, I think the way it's set up is a um, short shoulder pads, helmets, and you can have two on field sessions in that amount of pads on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but the Tuesday, Thursday, you can only have one session like that and like a walkthrough, like a limited, uh, there's no contact at all, right? Uh, but you could have a limited session a second time on Tuesday and Thursday. So there's a strict rules that guide the heat week that starts tomorrow. And then the week of August 13th, that's your full week of two or three a day camp. And it's different this year because that's the only full week they get because there's only one scrimmage, which we've been talking about for almost a year now, that there's only one scrimmage for Wilson and I think most of all the PIAA schools. So Wilson will have Heat Week starting tomorrow the 6th, a full week of Camp August 13th, culminating with a scrimmage Saturday at Parkland on August 18th. Then they come back on August 20th, which would be normally the third week of practice, the second week of camp, but now that's a game week. It's no longer a lead-up to a second scrimmage. So, Wilson will travel to Harrisburg to Central Dolphin Middle School where uh, Landis Field is and will play Central Dolphin on Friday, August 24th. So, we are less than three weeks away from actual real game action.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: because
0: it's August 5th today? Yeah, Yeah. August 5th. Um, And, yeah, that's kind of wild.
1: So... We have a lot to cover over these next two and a half weeks leading up to the first game. So tonight on episode three of the fourth season, we're going to go over some standard stuff we always do and then dive right into eight interviews with senior players, which everyone always likes to hear from them. And then next week or the next time we release an episode, episode four of the fourth season will be the interviews with the assistant coaches. So we talked to three of them, John Lorchak, Ernie Wolber, and Paul Covell. Then finally, leading up to the first game, in about two weeks, we will have an episode with an interview from Coach Doms, as well as a preview of that Central Dolphin game. So three shows in the next three weeks, and actually pretty much a show a week until the end of the season, which is the way things are setting up this year. So if you enjoy this show, you love Wilson football. We will have plenty for you on the weekends following the games.
0: Yeah. So, like like you said, uh, we're kind of getting getting into it now. Um, but I'm I'm excited for it. And uh, the the player interviews and the coaching interviews are just kind of like uh, they kind of get us started. You know, not just like literally here, but figuratively as well. Like when when we talk about kind of the things that get you in that mode ready for football and, and all of those things that come along with it. Um, You know, hearing the guys talk about their preparation and and kind of their goals and things like that. It's um, kind of gets you in that mindset.
1: Absolutely. So we're ready to go here, excited for the season to kick off. But before we bring you the first set of player interviews, we have some things we want to go over and some people that we want to thank. First up, as always, uh, my dad and May's Sandwich Shop, Matt Cruz, Andy Herr, and now not one, but two anonymous donors that have helped us out uh, over the years, and for both of them this year. So, yeah,
0: so if, if you want to help out, I know you'll get to this in a second, but uh, we'll gladly give you credit or gladly uh, give you anonymous credit. <laughs> right. Don't let that get in the way. If
1: you don't want your name out there for whatever reason, that's fine. We appreciate your support and the donation. It helps us keep the lights on here because all of this wonderful stuff you see in front of you or behind us or on Friday nights, it all costs real cold hard cash. <laughs> and yes, we'd yes much really rather not to have that come from cold hard cash we earned doing day jobs. <laughs> so anyone that helps us out, we are very grateful for that. Um, You know, my dad, May Sandwich Shop, Matt Cruz, Andy Herr, and then our two anonymous donors. Awesome, awesome, and huge thanks. And hopefully we uh, have another great season in store for you and you appreciate um, the content w- that we're bringing to you this year. But like Justin said, there's other ways for you to help as well. We have sponsorship and advertising opportunities. I sent that out to local bil- businesses about a week ago, starting to hear back from them. Hopefully we have some more sponsors coming on board soon. Again, the donations, but something that Justin mentions all the time is spreading the word.
0: Yeah, like and share. Um, You know, you see the posts, you see the photos, you see the tweets, you see uh, the episodes posted. Like and share. Um, And that just helps spread the word, uh, you know, and uh, that helps us in in the short run and also in the long run.
1: Be sure to visit BulldogHour.com as well. That's the home of not only the show, but a lot of what goes on with the Wilson football program. It's become kind of a one stop shop to get information from the school, from the team. It has schedules, it has history, it has merchandise, and it's going to be stocked.
0: People are blown away when I show them the website.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's going to be stocked with more stuff. So if you missed the spirit wear sale that I ran, I will have a few extras of a lot of those items. Uh, come the end of august i'm going to put them at the sandwich shop for sale and also on the website to purchase and uh hopefully uh, a lot of you will do so because that money uh some of that depending on the item you buy will go to the tradition club that was the main point of the spirit wear sale we have our annual t-shirt and i will have many of those available to purchase uh, at the end of this month but also you know there's game film there's game used jerseys a whole bunch of stuff all over the website. So definitely continue to check bulldoghour.com. Now, I don't believe we're doing, well, I know we're not doing a live show next week for episode four containing the assistant coach interviews. That'll be a recorded show put up as a video or audio podcast. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, all those places you can get us and be notified when we go, when the episode is made available. But we will be live in two weeks on August 19th, recapping the Parkland scrimmage and looking ahead to the Central Dolphin game plus the preseason interview with Coach Dom. So the next live show will be Sunday, August 19th, probably at our normal time of 8.30. So a few things we've mentioned the first two episodes of the year. The fundraisers continue for the program, which is the game and season video sales. There's prices there. Uh, For the DVDs. It's a little bit cheaper and different for digital versions on USB drive. You can check all that out and get more information at BulldogHour.com. And I'm going to quick bring up the schedule here before we get to the player interviews because there was another change, albeit a small one. But I didn't update this yet, so the date is still wrong in there. But if you look at (laughs) November 7th, I just found this out, I didn't realize it. And I wanted to pull it up and point it out. So hopefully, no one's watching this on mute. I don't know why you would do that, but the the uh, schedule you're seeing on your screen right now, if you're watching, the District 36A final is not a Saturday. It is a Friday. Exactly. So it will be November 16th. There are no Saturday games until the state playoffs. So we're Fridays all the way from the first game against Central Dolphin through should Wilson make it. The district three six eight final, still I believe at Hershey Park. I think that was signed through like the early twenty twenties. But it won't be November seventeenth, it'll be November sixteenth. So and again, we're completely off Thanksgiving. If Wilson would make it to the district final and win, there's no game to prepare for Thanksgiving weekend. They won't play the state semis until the following Saturday, December first. And because of the realignment of the bracket, we have no idea where that will be. No clue. Yeah. So and it'll be closer though. It won't be. It won't be two, three hours away. Yeah, it's unlikely to be Altoona. <laughs> I don't think it'll be. If you're playing someone like Coatesville, I highly doubt they'd yeah, be Wilson, Coatesville Wilson, and Wilson, Wilson or, and Coatesville. or Coatesville and Cumberland Valley, or you know Coatesville and Central Dolphin, or right. Coatesville and Harrisburg. since right. they're back in six A, whoever it's going to be. Uh, not to say it's definitely going to be Coatesville, but they're the odds on favor. Right, right. But, yeah, make
0: make the two of these teams move. Uh, All the way, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, why don't, just send us to Hines. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, two more things here, I think, two, three more things here before the interviews really quickly. Again, remember the Gridiron Classic. If you saw the uh, the denotation on the schedule there that we just had up, October 5th is the Gridiron Classic. That is the game between Wilson and Hempfield at First Energy Stadium, home of the Reading Fightons, on October fifth. That's going to be a cool game. Football is being played back at the baseball stadium for the first time since I believe it was 1982. But Wilson hasn't played there since 1979, so it's been nearly four decades, almost 40 years, since Wilson has played out at the stadium. And for a while back in the late 50s, it was actually Wilson's home field as they changed the field from where the tennis courts are now, to where Gersky is currently. They played all their games out at uh, what was then Municipal Memorial Stadium in Reading. And if you want tickets, the sandwich shop is selling them. I have them at May Sandwich Shop during business hours. General admission, they're only five bucks a seat. So come out and grab those tickets. If you are a season ticket holder, uh, you have a Wilson Pass or Gersky Reserve seats, none of that matters. You need tickets for this event. So you cannot use any of those passes that you have through the school. You must purchase reserved or general admission tickets and you can do so online at the Fightons website. I think if you go to fightins.com football, you can get there via there. There is an online fee. So either come to the sandwich shop to get them or go to the box office at first energy stadium. So you don't have to pay an additional price to get the same thing you'd get anyways. And we do encourage you to get the tickets before the day of the game, because the day of the game, the tickets jump up two or $3 a piece.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, as the longer they're out there, the demand is going to go up for those tickets. Um, obviously, you know, a uh, really cool experience. You don't want to miss out. So like, like we said, get down to the sandwich shop and, and get those tickets. Um, you know, that's your closest and easiest place, you know, to get them. Um, so you, you can head down there and, uh, Put that on your calendar. And like you said, every Friday, hopefully for the next few months, you know, um, definitely for the next couple months and hopefully for the next few months, yeah. um, you've got uh, places to go.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully um, three months from now, Wilson's still playing because that means they will be working towards the District 3 semifinals as they mm-hmm. would have already won the first round playoff game if they're still playing. Which means more Bulldog Hour. Three right? months from today. Yeah, right. More Bulldog Hour. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, uh, the last fundraiser I want to mention, we've talked about it on episode one and two, is the game-used jersey sales. These are available now to anyone, so fans and businesses can purchase any of these. I gave all the former players ample amount of time to secure theirs. A lot of them took that opportunity to do so. I still have a few reserved. I have plenty left. So if you're interested in an old football jersey, uh, the 1990-era ones uh, are twenty dollars, and then the more recent ones, used from 2001 to 2011, are thirty-five dollars a piece. Lots of numbers available, and it's a really cool thing to, you know, hang up at your business, hang up in your office, give to your kids. Hey, wear them to the game. If you don't get this opportunity very often. I'm not aware of any other time that Wilson has allowed the jerseys to be dispersed to the public. So this is a great opportunity to support support the program and, uh, you know, get some new apparel for the season. We do also want to remind you of the Wilson Football Tradition Club uh, championship team event this year, which is Friday, September 7th, during the game against Springford, We will be honoring the 1978, 1993, and fall 2008 championship teams. And I know that we're getting a good group from the two thousand eighteen team back, and hopefully guys from the fall 93 and fall 78 squads also make it back to celebrate with us. And they will be recognized on the field at halftime, and we'll have a nice little uh, tent with refreshments to, so they can all meet and greet each other and talk about the days of Wilson football. And I'm sure Justin's sitting there like, how was 2008 10 years ago?
0: Well, that's exactly how I've been feeling um, well, every time you bring this up and also you know with, with other 10-year sports anniversaries and in, in, uh, being recognized lately. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, that was my first year at Wilson.
1: Right. Yeah. That, that uh, was a, 2008, a pretty student. big year. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Not as a student. So, yeah. That That
0: is kind of one of those things that I'm still trying to work through and process in my head how that could possibly be 10 years ago. But um, that, that was an awesome first season to be like kind of around and, and see that team. Now, like I, I've brought this up on many shows. I, I can't speak honestly to any of the team's. Before the 2000 um, team, you know, like I had I heard about them, you know, I followed them a little bit, but for the most part, the teams that I know are, are after that point and that 2018, it's been a lot of fun to watch a lot of different teams. That 2018 team was so much fun to watch.
1: Yeah. We've had them mentioned by coaches that we talked to. I think on our first episode when we interviewed, I know Ernie Wilber for sure. Yeah called out them when we asked what was the greatest defense in Wilson history. I
0: feel like every time we're talking, whether we have cameras up or whether we're just like find ourselves around the coaches and they're talking about stuff, that team comes up a lot. Right. Um, Yeah, it's a special group of guys.
1: Yeah, so they'll be back um, on September 7th. You'll get to see a bunch of them back at Gurski and recognize their achievements as one of the better teams in Wilson history. So let's get to the main event here this evening, and that is the 2018 Senior Player Interviews. We have two sets here for you. Up first, we're going to talk to linebacker and tight end Nick Johnson, quarterback Anthony Futrick, offensive and defensive lineman Ryan Silvius, and linebacker and tight end Greg Smith. So we're going to, you know, we asked them a variety of questions for the upcoming season. Uh, The Standard stuff we've talked about over the last few years and then some fun things here at the end. But we had a great time talking to them. And, uh, well, let's not wait any longer. Let's hear what they have to say. All right, so up first in our player interviews for 2018 are seniors Nick Johnson, Greg Smith, Anthony Fudrick, and Ryan Silvius. So, guys, thanks for joining me here. Okay. No kick off no the player interviews. Your first up this year, I haven't talked to any of the coaches yet. So uh, whatever you say, this will be the first thing that anyone watching getting ready for the season hears. I'm sorry. Uh but everyone's always interested to hear your perspective because you're the guys doing the battle on Friday nights and as the season wears on into the weekends and you know the tradition club and anyone that I've solicited questions from is always one of the players. So uh, we thank you for taking the time to to speak with us because there are a lot of people that are interested with what you have to say. So I gave you introductions by name, but why don't we go in order? Let us know what positions we'll be seeing you play on Friday nights.
3: So my name is Nick Johnson. I play tight end and inside
4: linebacker. I'm Anthony Futrick. I play quarterback. I'm Ryan Silvius. I play left tackle and defensive end. I'm Greg Smith. I play linebacker and tight end.
1: All right. So just real simple, you know, you guys have been into the thick of summer workouts now for a few weeks. Um, you've already went through team camp. How have things been going now the first six weeks of your off season?
4: After <laughs> team camp, it got a lot more like bonding. Our team's like really close now. I feel like there's a lot of camaraderie yeah, between really everybody. Brought you together. Brought you together. And and we, got, a, we got, a lot, better. Doing that. Yeah, got a lot better. When
1: my time as a player team camp is always time where things kind of got a little bit more serious and you got to know everyone a lot better and you started focusing on the upcoming season. So that's good to hear. Has uh, there any been anything different for you guys in this summer, be it the three-day-a-week practices you've been doing, seven-on-sevens or team camp?
5: Was there anything new from the past few years? I'd, uh, I'd say, like, the only thing that is really new is the energy. It's just a whole no, another level of energy this year than last year, and we're just all kind of pushing each other to get better and just making sure everybody's on the ball and being held accountable.
3: Yeah. I mean, our formats of workouts have changed a little bit. We've had a lot more, like, team oriented um, install time because we
4: play earlier this uh, this year. Even so. during the school year like in the mornings when we come in we had a lot more team. We've yeah, like, been really mentioning how we only have one scrimmage this year so mm-hmm. we really need to work in the details.
6: So we got a lot more stuff in earlier.
1: Yeah well it's great that you bring that up because it's something that I not necessarily was going to touch on with you guys. That's something I was going to talk to the coaches about but it's interesting. So they have kind of giving you that mentality that things are different this year because of losing that scrimmage and starting sooner. So it's interesting. It's good that you guys are taking that to heart because it's a big difference. I mean, you guys know, a lot of you played meaningful time last year, got in the rotations. You know, having that extra scrimmage was probably a huge help, and you're not getting that this year. And you you have your first game before school starts, right? Right. (laughs) It's, It's interesting. It's definitely a different dynamic. Um, so actually, this one's gonna be for you, uh, Anthony, you're battling with a, a fellow senior Cameron Heckman for the starting quarterback job. Uh, how has that competition been so far for you and Cameron?
4: I feel like it's been really healthy for both of us because we push each other. Like if I see him working hard, I'm gonna try to work as much harder as I can. And we're still like it's not like we like hate each other. We're good friends still on and off the field. I feel like it's good for both of us though, like we're both getting better from it.
1: Has Coach Dons or Coach Palm given you any indication on decisions, or are you guys Not just through. ready to fight through games? We're camp? just
4: fighting through it, yeah.
1: And um, do, you, do you think there could be a rotation like we've seen a few years ago? We saw um, the possibility of using two quarterbacks over the years. Wilson's done that. Is that something that would be on the table?
6: I don't know, yeah.
3: Maybe.
1: All right. Um, nope. I got one for you, though, Ryan, okay? So, you know, Wilson has a really strong tradition of one year starters, He know, seniors that are stepping up to the plate when needed. Um, What's it like for both you and uh, fellow offensive tackle Mike Klein, who wasn't able to join us due to vacation, but having the opportunity to play such pivotal roles in your final high school season, i mean, you guys being the bookend tackles looking to be leaders on the line where the interior guys have the game experience and the starting experience. It's interesting to have the two tackles be newcomers, but ready to go.
5: Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that like we're the seniors, but the guys on the interior, the younger guys are the ones with the more experience, but it's, it's it's definitely a big step from what my role was last year, and um, I'm just excited to like push the younger guys because sometimes you know they can fall off track or something, and I snap them back into game you know game mode and just get their mind right.
1: So I heard I wasn't able to get to any of the LVC camp, but I had a few other people there telling me that the five of you look really strong. How have yeah. you gelled together um, now? Uh, with the good six weeks of uh, off-season workout.
5: It's really – it's it's not even so much the, the the six weeks that we've had. It's just because we've all – we're all really good friends off the field. All five of us are really good friends even before this off-season. So we really just took our friendship and our camaraderie and our chemistry and we just put it into this and we just gelled really well. We played really well and we communicated really well.
1: Yeah, I've heard that it's it's been going very well for the offensive line. That first group has been very strong. Uh, now, lastly, and not necessarily just a single you have, because with Greg and Nick playing tight end, they might be able to talk a little bit about this as well. Um, how are you, the linemen, adapting the change from Coach Brubaker to Coach, Coach Lorchak? Have there been scheme changes, any kind of changes that have made
5: it easier, more difficult? Um, changes, like we've changed our um, our terminology. Like our, our line calls are different. And um, it, the coaching style is the same. Like it's we're very – Like we got to be on the ball. We we don't mess around, and and we just stay focused all the time. And uh, we we during like he said earlier with the team like oriented uh, installs and stuff. We really we slowed it down a little bit just to make sure everybody you know knows their assignments. So we can once once we get into scrimmages and games, we can just all be on the ball and just be ready to go.
1: So pretty smooth transition, just a few tweaks here and there. Yeah, has that trickled down to you guys at tight end at all? A little bit, of different a little, a little, a little
3: bit, not know. much. I mean, LCD still works heavily with us, but working with Coach Lordchek, I feel really comfortable in the in the switch.
1: Okay, so now I know Nick. You certainly have aspirations to play college football. Any of you other hoping to play college ball? Yeah, yeah. How's how's the recruiting process going? Whether active or passive, you know, reaching out to schools. What's it been like to go through for those of you that are doing that?
3: You want to go first? I'll start. Um, it's a little frustrating because you don't know what each school wants. But all in all, I've had good communications with a bunch of schools um, just trying to get to camps and trying to ultimately get that first offer and see where it goes from there.
1: Is there uh, an institution that really piques your interest right now that you're like, Oh, well, I hope I get an offer from here? Is there one that leads the way or a couple that leads the way?
3: Um, I'd probably say my top three are Dartmouth, Colgate, and Temple.
1: Okay, cool. What
5: about you, Ryan? Uh, I've been reaching out to pretty much everybody. Ask him. You see my Twitter DMs? It's full of coaches, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do it every day. But um, the the one college that I am in love with is Temple. I, I I went to a camp there. I played really really well. I've been I've been on two visits there on officials and the coaches. It's just it just seems like a good fit. So I, I really like. Yeah, it. i
1: I've known, I know I've seen you guys at, at camps with a few other players. Some that I'll talk to in a little bit. Um, you know, what's it like at those camps? Being able to see the competition that you're ultimately competing with, not only on Friday nights, but also to get scholarships or offers.
5: It's it's extremely competitive. It's just like you you got to bring it every rep of every drill. And when you go to one on ones, you can't take reps off. You just got to go all the way.
1: Now, Anthony, Greg, are you looking to play football in college or, or another sport in college? Or you just I'd be looking? interested
4: in playing football okay. in college. Okay. And, I've been going to like, some camps okay. and stuff. But. Um,
1: Once you guys, or is there a school you're interested in going to um, post-high school? Not necessarily for, for sports, but just something to continue education? Or do you know what you want to do after high school?
6: Yeah, I know what I want to
1: do. All right, what's that? I want to be a lawyer. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Do you have a, a school that you would like to... I visited Maryland. Okay. Yeah. So is that your yeah, number, number one? one yeah. Do you like yeah. it there? Cool, cool. So I know you guys are, you know, waiting on, on scholarship possibilities. But if you don't take the route of football, is there an institution and a you know a degree that you're
4: going to be aiming for? I'd say something with business probably. Okay. I'd go business or criminal justice.
5: Okay. Uh, part of the reason that is really high on my list is their sports management program. That's I, I'm more so, and because one out of every what hundred thousand makes the NFL probably less than that. So I'm more focused on my education and sports management. They have the best program in the country. So I'd probably still end up at Temple even if I didn't take the football route. Yeah, well you mentioned it it's really
1: tough to I mean NFL is light years you know away for yeah. so many people but yeah. you guys are focused on college right now. But you know yeah. it's nice to know that you're thinking about other sides than just athletics is that's yeah. just as important. Mm-hmm because um, that's, you know, that's uh, probably probably in your future, whether it's immediately after college or not. But so let, let's focus more now on this season specifically. And let's get a little bit personal and focus on what your goals are. Is there something that you have outside of the team group, which we'll get to that in a second? Is there something that you're like, I'd really like to reach this year, whether it's a statistics or um, being nominated or you know, picked as the team MVP or making an all-star game or something. What What are you looking at personally?
3: Personally, for me, it's it's just that scholarship offer. I don't – I mean, all the nominations and stuff are nice. Like, I love them and everything, but, like, that's not going to be my
4: number one goal. And I'm going to put the team before my number one needs, too. Sure. For me, I'd say, like, obviously I'd want to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And then – Personally, I'd say just to win. I, basically, it. kind of, kind of like uh, going off what Nick said. He yeah, like
5: all like all the honorable mentions and all this like the accolades. It's it's cool, but at the end of the day, I'm just chasing a, a scholarship and I, I want to win. So I'm more interested in the whole team winning than anything else.
6: Yeah, like same like what Ann said. Mostly, I'm winning. I just want to like show like improvement from game to game. It's only this player yeah. season well. those are
1: those are very good goals you know you're all every year everyone's always talking about team first and that's what you have to be for a program at like Wilson if you're focused on the individual goals while those are nice you're always focused on the bigger picture uh so kind of leading to the success of Wilson over the years is the best teams always have incredible leaders who are your lead, student athlete leaders of these this team this year
4: Jim
5: Jim Gil it any of the seniors the seniors have all really stepped up we it's all shared leadership we there's really nobody that kind of like took a step back and there's we're just all working as a team just to lead everybody
1: yeah no, I know i I pointed out last year that um, I call him Nick. I know you've nicknamed Jimmy. Yeah. Around. People on Twitter have, uh, talk, referring to him as that. At first it caught me off guard because I wasn't sure who they were talking about, but then it clicked and I, I got it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we talked to Nick last year after the game. And I think I actually um, said straight up, I think it was the McCaskey game about how the leader of this team hasn't necessarily, not to call out any of the seniors from last year, because there was obviously senior leaders. There always are. But the vocal leader, it seemed before the game was Nick. And I said how unique it was to have an underclassman uh, leading the way. So obviously none of that hasn't changed. Nick is still a big vocal guy, but it's nice to hear that plenty of others have stepped up when needed to. And and if you want to have uh, an incredible amount of success in 2018, that's what you need. Uh, So, what's your most anticipated game this year? You know, you're given 10. Oh, wow. You know, you're going to get 10. Oh. What's your most anticipated? It's an interesting slate of games. Is this uh, like our personal? Yeah, this is oh, personal. I am going to say the next, wise. <laughs> the next game was. The next game. You know, uh, the coaches, are, you know, coaches and players always give me coach and player speak about, you know, the, the first one is most important, and then they'll take it one, one at a time, which you have to do. But there's always a game that you have circled. You know, a few years ago, actually when you guys would have been sophomores, um it was see 2016 uh, CD East in the playoffs that was a big one mm-hmm. you know after what happened in 2015 yes. now obviously we couldn't talk about that at the beginning of the year because right. we didn't know we'd be playing CD East again yeah. uh, but that was a huge game for those players and they wanted another shot at them they got it and they made it count so of those 10 you know you're playing is there one that sticks out or like I'm looking forward to that game so there's like five that sticks out you, I, I, I got two <laughs>
4: um <laughs> Go ahead. I'd no, say for me, CD, because it's really all I've been thinking about ever since the end of last year. Like, I'm just thinking, that's what we got next.
1: Yeah, the preparation for the first game, especially with it coming so early, is always yeah. going to be at the top of the list. And that's the one that the coaches are hammering home right now because they're the ones you got to topple first on that quest. It's interesting that the first game isn't Mifflin this year. Yeah. That's yeah. a bit of an interesting dynamic. It hasn't been that way for like 11 years or something like that. Wilson's played Mifflin the first game, I think every year since 2006, but well, right around there. Um, so Central Dauphin is the one that the coaches definitely want you to, to say, um, but I assume Mifflin in week two is a big one after last yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would Central. think uh, Manheim Central, a team that obviously yeah. was very good coming off of a Final Four appearance and returning a quarterback and a lot of other guys. That's a game, and it's at Manheim Central. And then, obviously, later, to Manheim Township
5: have to go back to Manheim Township. Township just got to Man chills. Man
1: uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we don't like to talk about October or in July, right. but you know those are those are the biggest games, and I'm sure uh, everyone has those circled. But I know the coaches have made sure that you take it one game at a time. Uh, so, what are the team goals for 2018?
3: Um, reclaim the league. Sit back on top in the district, and then get our first day ship.
4: Do you guys
1: pay attention to changes that the PIAA enact? Um, I've
4: been seeing it on Twitter. You've been we, seeing it. Do you guys I've really?
3: I
1: care about it. I interesting. Is that what like the recruiting? That, the no,
3: that was the. Are you talking to any the, of about it? The, any of it? You
1: know the, the the transfers and recruiting stuff comes into play. But I was I was talking more about scheduling and yeah, playoffs. But
3: that, um, when they came out with. The, the new bracket, and we were playing the East instead of having to go out West, that, that excited me because not that it's going to be an easier road, but to travel three hours, right. sit around all day, and then have to go and get ready to play a team from out West
1: right.
3: versus maybe 45-minute drive, get off the bus, get right into it. And then, kind of like any other road. Right. Game.
1: And both teams have the same, same impact because, you know, if – whatever team in district three in six a wins the -hmm. title will then get to play a team from suburban philadelphia which Mm -hmm. you're going to see one of those teams in week three Mm -hmm. uh and you're very well aware and if anyone that follows high school football knows that teams like coatesville and north penn they're great great programs and Mm -hmm. those are coatesville north penn the downtown schools i think the council rock schools those are all big name schools that are coming out of uh We'll meet you in the final four, whoever wins District 3. It's a lot different than having to go out west and play the WPIAL champion, uh, which we've seen over the years. Wilson's seen Pittsburgh Central Catholic. Uh, They've seen North Allegheny, uh, Pine Richland, uh, all very big, very talented schools. But now that becomes the problem of District 11 and District 12, which now Allentown and Uh, city Philadelphia have to go out west. It's very interesting that they made this change, but I know District 3 was excited to be back in the East. I just didn't know how much – I'm sure you guys were aware of it, but I didn't know if it it came up in conversation much at all, if it was something that uh, you thought about.
3: I just remember the first – like one of the days after lifting in here, whenever they announced it, I looked on. I saw the Wilson football tweet about it, and I was like – I ran into the locker room, like, guys, 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 like just going off about it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 different, and I, you know, most people look at it from the standpoint of, well, you don't have to go and play. District 7, which is always a plus because those teams are supremely talented. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not a a bash on the suburban Philly uh, schools because they're, like I just mentioned, Coatesville, North Penn, CB West, all those schools are incredibly talented. Mm -hmm. But you bring up the exact point that I think everyone is focused on. I don't care who we play, just let it be a little bit closer, a little bit easier. We've been going through it for Wilson and District 3. We've been going through it for like 12 years now. Now you finally get to go somewhere where, I mean – we, we're hosting Springboard this year. That's a team that you could possibly see in a 6 eight Final Four, whatever D3 team is there. And you know that's not that far of a drive. And when you meet in the middle, it's even closer. Right. It's those
6: long bus rides. You just like send me like your energy. You have to get right back up.
3: You, you yeah, know? yeah. first hour, you have your playlist on and music, getting excited and everything. And then the
5: I mean, next two hours, wait. it's like you're sleeping, <laughs> dozing <and dancing laughs> off.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough atmosphere one that wilson's had to do for a long time and any of the district three schools uh, so yeah it's an interesting change and i wasn't sure how much you guys uh, were aware of it or talked about it uh so let's get back to here and now uh who should bulldog fans be excited about seeing on offense and defense in 2018
4: on offense i'd say elijah morales okay he's been improving like Crazy, especially through camp. Like, he got a lot yeah. better. Not yeah. a lot of people know of him, but I think he's one to look out for. Okay.
5: Uh, Elijah's a good one. Um, I'd say on, on defense, Matt Fry, the, the, the junior, he's really stepped up his game. He was good last year, but he has taken it to a whole nother level. Uh, I think he's going to be exciting to watch this year.
1: Anyone
3: else? I'd say offensively, just the whole entire offensive line because – we went against Southern Columbia at camp, and they controlled the line of scrimmage. And against a team like Southern Columbia, Southern who just Columbia's came, off, dynasty, state, yeah, right, who just came off a state history. championship yeah. themselves. They've like
1: have won many in the last decade. Yeah, Southern Columbia is a heck of a school. Um, so you kind of mentioned a little bit, um, but is there anyone else that you consider an underrated teammate, poised to break out besides uh, Elijah or Matt Fry? Is there another name? It can be an underclassman, doesn't have to be a senior, but it could be a senior. A lot
4: of the... Cooking.
1: I
6: was like, yeah, cornerback.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <servant>. yeah. <laughs> i to my head.
1: Cookie's really
6: technically sound. He just. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you say something, and you just pick it up so fast. Yeah.
3: I think I think Cam Marino can help a lot, too. Whether that's a big role on defense, a big role on offense, or even if he has a huge role on special teams. Kid just wants to play. He wants to work. He works hard, too. He works
5: hard. He learns. He, he pays attention. So, so much I energy. Think, he really loves his team. I think both the Hoax Brothers. They're both just nuts. They just <laughs> on defense they just fly around and hit people. It's gonna be good. It's gonna hey, be fun to watch. Sometimes that's what
1: you need. <laughs> Alright, so so far, what's your favorite Wilson football
5: memory? Oh, man. I'm start with Greg.
4: <laughs> My favorite football memory? Yeah. Oh
6: god. Not Exeter football. <laughs>
3: Wilson
4: football. No, Yo, you're chatting. <laughs> <laughs> um
6: I'm district sophomore yeah, I don't know. The district insane. championship in yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was just coming in and I was like,
1: and it was just, <laughs> that <old>. Well, that's something <laughs> where you're just to be a little bit of a cultural shock for you. Because even, yeah. you know, yeah. you guys playing at Western Southern and then together on the freshman team, like you understand that it's getting big time, but you don't really get it until you're up here right. working yeah. out over the summer. And then when the pads come on and you yeah. s- understand. And now you're here at seniors, and now it's the most important thing yeah. leading up to the school year. Like when you're young, you
6: can almost like mess around, and still be pretty good. But when you get up to here, it's like you with okay. coach; you got to follow yeah. Yeah. And You're not going to play.
1: So, any other, um, you know, Wilson football memories so far besides that district championship?
4: I'd say um, sophomore year, the first Mifflin game, just like the atmosphere, the yeah. first time ever walking on the field Running like that. It was, just, it was just, it was just crazy. Of the team. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a whole different that was feeling. And we one. I'd say sophomore year, of Springfield
3: too. <laughs> yeah.
6: Uh, yeah, Oh, that. that oh, overtime game. Yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, I know.
5: Yeah. Comeback. Yeah, probably <laughs> one of my most under, like one of the most underrated moments was sophomore year, of the Mannheim game when Regal blocked the field goal. That that was pretty nuts. That was
1: huge. Yeah, <laughs> you guys had quite the uh, interesting uh, introduction as sophomores. Some of those games were quite memorable. Yeah, <laughs> mostly for good too. Right. Yeah, yeah, things turned out. <laughs> Uh,
4: Yeah, so, well, hopefully we can build on that this year. Let's see. What's it like to play for Coach Dom's? I love it. I love Coach Dom's. I like how all the coaches, they're, like, close with the players, too. Like, it's a whole bond. Like, it's not just the players bonding and the coaches are separate. We're all, like, together, I feel.
3: Yeah. My personal favorite thing is when we're out doing our install, doing our drills, like, we're serious. But when we're in here working out in between sets, yeah, like they they're always, joking with yeah, us. Like you can always like get a joke in with them, and it's it'll go over well. Do you guys, whether it's a
1: team or individually, do you have any pre-game superstitions or routines you got to get done?
5: whole lot of pre-workout.
1: OK. Yeah. Lots of music.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, I'll come in. I'll empty my bag. I'll set up all my stuff. And then I just go and walk with yeah. my beats
5: on. Okay. Don't you only have your beats on game day?
3: Only on game yeah, days, only, I wear my big he beats, beats exactly. headphones. Every other day, just the earbuds. Sure, that's what exactly
5: what I'm talking about. Now, do you guys have any
1: um, you know, routines or superstitions when it
3: comes to um, your uniform or maybe work with Doc or the athletic trainers? Like, some people have to be taped by the same person. Yeah. They have to be taped in a certain order. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I, I have to get taped by the same person every game. I always get spatted by Doc. No, Nobody man. else.
1: All right. No, not <laughs> <laughs> all right um so these are really simple these are easy ones did you have a favorite high school football player growing up you know, it doesn't have to be if you move into Wilson later but is there a guy you remember watching on friday nights growing up that you're like that's someone that you know i like to emulate or i really enjoy watching
4: i remember watching um matt timachenko and ronnie gillen yep. junior joseph mm-hmm.
3: tyler Beck. okay I don't have a favorite. You don't have a favorite?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Brooks,
4: too. Jimmy Brooks?
1: Okay, yeah. That's a couple a couple good ones from uh, 2012, 2013, back a little bit earlier right. before that. But yeah, uh, very, very uh, very, very good Bulldogs there. Um, what's your favorite um, pro and college teams to watch? If you watch the football, do you have a favorite NFL or college team? Eagles. Eagles?
5: Cowboys. Cowboys. I like the Eagles. Eagles. E. Clemson. Eagles.
1: Clemson. Clemson, okay.
5: Uh, I don't really have, like, a favorite college football team. If I had to choose one, probably like LSU. Okay. Mine's Oregon. Oregon? I just enjoy watching yeah,
6: college football. So yeah. Whichever one offers <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whichever one <laughs> offers <me. laughs> <laughs> Whichever one offers that. Yeah. So, um, what about um, college or pro players gro- growing up, or even now? Like, is there someone that you're like, I just love to watch them play?
4: Oh, Brian Dawkins for me. Okay. Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis,
1: all right. Uh, Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor?
4: I say Derek Jeter, like, overall. He's just, you like... Just as a person. <laughs> you just
1: like as a person. You no, just like as a person. I always like Alright. Do you like watching him play? Um, last thing, uh, real simple, bring it together. What was your message to fans in the Wilson community as we get ready to
4: start the 2018 season?
3: Be ready for a different team this
4: year. Get ready. Different energy. It's a different uh, energy. Just different. We're going to shock a lot of people, I feel.
1: Very well. You got a tough slate to start off the beginning of the year. Then we settle into the league where you've already said you're ready to reclaim that title and get back yes. on top. So, best of luck to you this year. We look thank forward you. to seeing all of you on Friday nights and beyond. And I'm sure I'll be catching up with you after games uh, in the fall. So, Sounds thanks, good. guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Us. For having me. All right. Well, I want to thank the first four senior players we talked to. You know, a lot of standard stuff there, standard questions. I just wanted to make sure that they got the opportunity to talk about last year very briefly, but then look ahead to 2018, what they personally want to accomplish, what they wanted the team to accomplish. And as they tend to do, especially a Wilson team that coached so well to think about one opponent at a time, you know, a lot of the individual, what do you want to accomplish individually devolves or evolves into team goals.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting I like that we kind of see that year after year when we do our player interviews. Um, you know, y- you can tell that, you know, obviously I don't want to say some games mean more, but like there are games where like, y- if you know the kids on the team or, or, or things like that, like obviously, you know, it's a little different. We'll talk about the Mifflin game in upcoming weeks. Like mm-hmm. obviously that game's different, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not different because the other games mean less. It's just maybe like that game has like a little extra to it right. or something, you know, like, um, But it is it is interesting how they kind of – it always comes back to that one game at a time. And when you look at the schedule, like we've talked about over and over again, it has to be. Yeah. Because if oh, it's yeah. not, look out. Um, Absolutely. And that's not just for Wilson. That's for any team, not just high school. You know, that gets to any level. <sighs> you start looking too far ahead, um, that can be problematic. So, I love seeing that attitude and that kind of uh, attention to detail um, because that is, is needed.
1: Yeah. We had a fun time. It was a good interview talking to the four of them, but not to be outdone, another group of four senior players came in right behind them to talk to me, and I got to sit down with senior defensive back Connor Cook, senior outside linebacker and receiver Cameron Magalotti, senior quarterback Cameron Heckman, and senior defensive back and wide receiver Isaiah Gilmore. So again, we kind of went down the list to talk about the same things I think I threw in one different one, mostly because I forgot to ask the first group, and uh, you know, it was another fun interview, they're, they're real laid back, but focused gentlemen, and they're looking forward to this season just like we are, so let's hear what these four have to say on this portion of the interview. All right, so I'm here with my second group of 2018 seniors. Joining me now are Connor Cook, Cameron Magalotti, Cameron Heckman, and Isaiah Gilmore. I got that right, right? Mm-hmm. Good there. All right, awesome. So, you know, I gave you guys names, but let me know what positions you're going to
7: play for the 2018 Bulldogs.
8: I'm Connor Cook, and I play wide receiver and defensive back, and then I also punt.
7: Uh, Cameron Magalotti, outside linebacker and wide receiver.
9: Uh, Cameron Heckman, I play quarterback
7: I'm Isaiah Gilmore, I play DB
1: and wide receiver Alright, so uh, before we jump into anything specific uh, To get the team, you know, overview First I gotta ask, how's your hand? Isaiah?
6: Yeah. Actually, I'm doing
1: pretty well I finally move my hand again Yeah, I know, uh, I was at the 7-on-7 where that happened I know you were in a lot of pain Honestly,
6: I was pretty calm initially And then like when I realized what happened, the adrenaline
1: wore off yeah,
6: <laughs> and then getting it located and stuff and then surgery, so not fun. So when are you able to get back full? Uh, July 31st to see the doctor again. Okay. Uh,
1: uh, so it's coming up on another checkup, and hopefully they give you the green light soon. soon. It's crazy to think in just a few weeks you start a, what do they call it, acclimatization? Heat, yeah. Heat, acclimatization. Yeah. Heat, acclimatization, yeah. So it's just around the corner. You know, you guys are already at team camp. You've been going through these morning sessions. Yeah, the summer's been flying by. Yeah, exactly. And how, how were summer workouts? How was team camp?
6: Uh, summer workouts first started off, about pretty going and then we hit the ground pretty quickly. And then uh, when we got the LVC. Things really gelled together
1: as a team. So I thought summer's been going pretty well. Yeah. Us. That's what the first group said. They said, you know, it's kind of. Not going through the motions, but it was kind of similar to, you know, the same that you've been going through now for, this is your third year, yeah. uh, but then once you got to team camp, things really clicked and you really were like, oh, it's time to get going. The season's right around the corner. Right. Uh, they, they did mention a couple things different uh, with with the summer workouts, but nothing too overwhelming or uh, different from years past that you guys can be able to focus on uh, installs and getting ready for the season at hand. Um, so... Cameron Heckman, Uh, you're going to be battling with fellow senior Anthony Futrick, who Mm -hmm. I already talked to for the starting quarterback position. How has that been going so far from your point of view?
9: Um, I think it's been pretty well. Um, We both had a good um, seven on seven on that um, all day one, and we both had um, a pretty good camp. So I feel like whoever gets the job is going to do a great job.
1: Has Coach Tom or Coach Palm made any kind of decisions or talked about the competition at all?
9: Um, not really. Uh, Coach Palm has mentioned uh, once or twice that it's an open competition, but he hasn't made any decisions yet. So Have either of them thrown around the idea with you guys of having a rotation, going series by series? Um, no, he hasn't really thrown that out. I think it's going to be just one starter and then if that guy can't get the job done it'll be next guy up.
1: So I think the rest of them I have are for everyone. I try not to single too many people out, but the uh, people want to know about the quarterback yeah. position, as you know, watching mm-hmm. college and pro ball, everyone wants to know what's going on with the quarterback spot. So for the rest of you now, um, do any of you have aspirations to play college football? I uh, do. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? I, prob- I know you don't. Next, yeah. um,
9: I probably won't. No? No, no not no. really. All
1: right. Hey, that's, that's perfectly fine. But how's uh, recruiting going? How's that – you know, reaching out to schools, having schools contact you, going to camps, what's that been like?
6: Honestly, my finger kind of screwed me over for this summer, but um, it's an up-and-down process. Schools are different, so, I mean, it's it's been enjoyable just talking to different coaches, meeting new people, but it's been a roller coaster.
1: Now, your family's got a pretty big uh, history with uh, impressive high school play as well as college. Have they helped you along this way? I know it's different over the decades, but how have they helped you or what have they done to help you in this process? Um, I know I
6: reached out to my cousin John to see what he could do for me, and I know he's done some things for me here and there. And then I have a cousin who's uh, currently at Elon University Talked to the DV coach for me. And, um, I mean, my family members have just done what they can do to help me out. And, you know, i got a great
1: rapport. Is there a, a school that you're – really interested in and the potential of going there um, for, or you know, if you decide not to do the Preserve is or something, a school out there that you'd like to go to um, you know, academically?
6: Um, of the schools that um, are recruiting me and the schools I've seen, uh, I like Nova, Temple, Colgate, and Albany, really, those are kind of like my top four. Top four, okay. But, I mean, most of them said things will change as the season goes on, so
1: really I'm just keeping an open mind as the season approaches sure now the three of you and well cam why do you go because i know you're locked in why don't you
7: let us know what's going to be going on with you um well right now like it's kind of up in the air because a lot of like other schools Because i verbally committed my sophomore year to holy cross but uh like, right now other schools are interested in me like nova richmond st joe's so i'm gonna decide probably my no, uh november because my coach recently like got like fired from the program so like so it's been up in the air. So I've been talking to different schools, but the guy that recruited me is actually the head coach now, and I like him a lot. So, like, I'm leaning towards there. But if another schools, I'm just gonna keep my op- options open and decide like no November of this year. Right,
1: so you're going for lacrosse. You have your options open. Possibility you're you're committed right now, but there's a lot of other schools yeah. in place. Still.
7: what do you want to study when you get the college? Um. Well, when I When I got recruited, uh, main focus when I looked at schools was like the business field because I really want to go into that. So I'm going to probably study finance or logistics like my dad does. Like this year, I'm going to take an internship with my dad in the beginning of school to see if I really like it or I'm going to take another field. So that's fine.
1: It's good to get that experience and know what you're getting into. Yeah. so what did you want to study at whatever school you ended up at? Uh,
6: sports management, probably. Sports management?
1: Okay. Somewhere in there. I think Ryan Silvius mentioned the same thing, sports management. That's a, that's a, that's a cool field to get into. Uh, Cameron, what about you? Where do you want to go? What do um, you want I've
9: only looked you? at two schools so far, uh, Penn State and Bucknell. but I really like Penn State. Um, I know I'm, I probably want to uh, study something along the lines of business, maybe like finance. But, um, yeah, I've only looked at two schools so far. I'm leaning towards Penn State. Okay.
8: Uh, I mean I'm not really sure what I want to do but I mean all I know is I really want to help people so I was kind of looking more in the medical field a little bit Okay. <laughs> um, I mean I so far I visited Nova uh, Lehigh and then I was going to I have a visit for Westchester and then I might visit Penn State too okay. but you know I'm not 100 percent sure on what I want to do yet you so- live together
1: <laughs> so you mentioned helping people. Is there a specific aspect of, like, humanitarianism
6: just, that you're interested
8: in? I don't know. I just, like, I just want to, like, get out there. Like, I definitely don't want to be, like, at a desk job or anything like that. Okay. So, like, if I were to go into the medical field, like, that's the whole thing. Like, the whole inside, being inside all day would kind of maybe, like, bug me a little bit. But, I mean, as long as I'm doing something that, you know, somebody's getting better or... Yeah, like, feeling better and stuff okay. is definitely something I would definitely do.
1: Interesting. Okay, so... All right,
8: so this is
1: for everyone, again, and I don't care who starts, it doesn't matter, but what aspect of your game have you most improved since the end of last season? Uh,
8: okay. um, definitely just, like... You know, last year was definitely, like, confused, like, I wouldn't say confusing, but definitely more jitters, just not, like, what am I doing on this, this, and that. I feel like this year there's a lot, there's a better grasp on it. So then you're not going out there and being confused on what you're doing. You know exactly what you're going to do, so then you can perform to your best ability. So I'd say definitely that's better. Better understanding. Yeah, better understanding. Okay, what
7: about you, Uh, Something I improved is... I mean, being my size of playing outside linebacker, I gotta be as strong as possible. So probably my strength and like my footwork and that stuff—that's what I probably I proved the most because I did a lot of work on that in the offseason trying to get better in that. All class, right. But. Yeah,
9: I would say um, I started uh, started to kind of fully understand the playbook last year, but I feel like this year we have a confusing offense, so I feel like I finally like have a full grasp on it and like understand everything in the playbook and know what I need to do. And I also worked on my uh, deep ball a little bit to help me out.
6: Okay. Well I know I worked on my health first. <laughs> and then after I worked on my health I worked on my overall strength and uh, really just like Cameron said, just getting a better understanding on our offense. pretty solid on the defense. Um, but I've been working on offensive stuff and just footwork.
1: Right, we'll we'll get to the team goals shortly, but I generally, you know, you like to have little personal goals as well. That can be statistical, or that can be you know postseason accolade. Do any of you have something circled personally? Like I'd like to achieve this this year. I'd like to win the Kersky Award. Okay, it's a good
9: one. I'd like to definitely see, um, definitely get back, um, win another, um, Championship, and definitely get to a district championship and see how far we can go.
7: Okay. Anyone else in something specific? Uh, well, I want to like try to pass my goal and. Interceptions like I had last year, try to get like four or five this year, okay. and I also want to get another district medal.
8: Nothing, nothing really. That jumps news. out. Yeah, yeah no, we're just
7: team stuff now. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Team personal. Team stuff, yeah, 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 personal. Yeah, personal. Yeah. Yeah,
9: personally, personally, i like to be the starter. Okay. But. Just really, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Just. Yeah. Work hard. Work. Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're talking team goals now. Um, we're going to get to that. One question before right. team goals. So what is your most anticipated game for this year? And I know the coaches t- tell you one game at a time, and they tell me that when I ask them this question. But there's always some game, maybe a handful of games, that you're thinking, I'm going to be ready for this
4: one. Like, this
6: is one that I'm looking
1: forward to. So do we all want to say, like, our personal one? Yeah. Ones? Yeah,
6: give, give yeah. me, your, me what's your personal one. For me personally, uh, I want to play at Mifflin again. Yeah. Manheim Central at Manheim Central, uh, Warwick at Warwick, Township
1: at Township, and
6: Hempfield at baseball field. Yeah, yeah. My
1: okay. All right. Central. Yeah, those are, those hit on a lot of them. So, Cameron, yeah. you have one that you're yeah. Really my first
9: ones, one? yeah, definitely Mifflinks, So we want to get one back on them, and then second one would probably be Township. Show we're back on top of the league. Yeah, that's definitely
1: one. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are did. Did it come across to you guys as weird when you saw or heard that you had to go back there again? Yeah, Yeah.
9: threw us off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I know there was, there's all, people like to throw around conspiracy theories. they don't understand it's just a two year rotation Mm -hmm. and sometimes this happens. Because you guys have to go to McCaskey again, too. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to host Cedar Crest, which I know you guys haven't played yet. I'm so excited for that. One. Yeah, we saw them down at camp. Yeah. Well, la- oh, yeah. That's right. You guys did. Last time okay. Wilson played Cedar Crest, we hosted them. We hosted them this year. And also Penn Manor. You guys hosted Penn Manor last mm-hmm. year. We host them again. So it's just a, you know an interesting uh, cycle. And unfortunately, for you guys as seniors, you get to finish with uh, at least three games at Township in two years. Sure. Uh, not the easiest place to play, either. No. So I'm sure that's one that's at the top of your list. So. What about you guys? I'd
8: say else? Th- what Zay said. Definitely, those are top games.
7: Uh, I would say Mifflin, Mannheim, because kind of after last year, I'm really still kind of pissed about it. But um, and then I want Cedar because at camp they think they're really There's like on. top dogs right now. So <laughs> All right. I really want to beat them up. Yeah, I didn't get. The, I didn't wasn't able to get to camp, but I had a couple other people there talking
1: to me about it. How things were going, and, and that Cedar Crest was there, so I knew you guys had seen them already. You you they had a little bit of a rough patch. Yeah. A couple people. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, settle out on Friday night. Yeah. So that you you mentioned Maniac Central, and the previous group did too. Is there something about Maniac Central that stands out as just because they're a story program like Wilson is, or something specific that you know draws your attention to them in week
6: four? Um, Well, one, they have a pretty solid quarterback who's getting looks from all. Evan Simon, second Mm -hmm. year starter, yeah. Yeah, so definitely want to play against the best. Um, Also, I had heard that they kind of like close everything off in their city so that like the whole town comes out. It's kind of like
1: the Texas Friday Night. Yeah, and they have
6: end zone seats too, so like
1: always want to play with people in the end zone. Yeah, I was just there for the uh, East West game, or is it North South? I think, it, I think it's North-South uh, that Wyatt played in with uh, Trevor Hadley, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Price, so I was just there for a, for a game. Uh, I haven't seen one of their games before, uh, other than a scrimmage, so it'll be the first time that I've seen a game. Then uh, Wilson hasn't played them since, I want to say, 2011? We 12, did. 2012? We did play their
9: JV team our sophomore year. We got okay. beat up pretty bad. Yeah. So. yeah
1: it's a uh, it's definitely one that people are excited to see what happens because they have a load of talent back from the team that went yeah. to the final four. Yeah. So, so that'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And especially I, in the I I'm kicking myself for especially what? In a big crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When Wilson comes to town for a team that is on par at, with the Bulldogs, that's that's uh, you know, newsworthy and having to go there this year, that'll be a, a sight to behold for sure. Right. Now I'm kicking myself for not asking the guys in the first group, so I get to ask you now. You mentioned playing uh, Hempfield in Reading at the baseball stadium. Uh, what did you guys find out about this, and what was your reaction to the news? I think I found out about it maybe a week or two
6: after uh, the schedule came out, and I was excited. Like we don't normally have to play yeah, on grass, yeah. So I think it'll just be fun, especially since we're playing at baseball stadium too. So
1: hopefully fill up the stadium. Get have, a big game. have the coaches talked to you much about it? Just kind mm, of. Not, uh, not, yeah, not, right. not really. It's week we're, seven. Yeah, so, we're, you know, we're taking it one right? game at a time. Yeah. Yeah, they don't really talk to us. Coach Dom's played there uh, as a player for Muhlenberg, so he has experience there. It's definitely interesting to have, um, you know, he got to play when the infield dirt was there at the one end. and um, I know it's going to be an experience that's going to be uh, exciting, and you guys are actually the last game in the mm-hmm. series that's going on pink out game too
6: is it, Mike, is it? I mean, that's what i heard i don't know very sure. well
1: could be i know so. they, the school offered uh, to allow uh, the tradition club to host the team reunions that we've been doing during that game uh, so it could very well be the pink out of that game
8: uh, but it'll be interesting it'll be exciting to play uh, a home game at uh, first energy
1: stadium just like they did for a number of years but uh, that's kind of cool to do your senior year, something yeah, you definitely mm, will right. remember. Uh, hopefully can win, win that game, and that'll be even more memorable, uh, having to play Hempfield, which was a tough game last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're always a, a big, strong team, so I wouldn't expect anything different this year. Uh, but I guess Martin Robinson being at Temple probably makes things a little bit easier, <laughs> at least <laughs> the uh, for the secondary, because yeah. he was a beast. Yeah. All right, so... You know, we kind of touched on it with the individual goals, but what are your team goals for this year? Uh, team
6: goals, definitely to win the LL again. Um, to uh,
9: also win the championship and state championship as well. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. The,
6: the ultimate
1: goal. Yeah, yeah, There's One, yeah. Uh, Wilson teams have been talking about since the late 80s when the state championships finally got underway, I think in 1988. Uh, but, you know. Well, I know the coaches, one game at a time, one step at a time, win that league, and then focus on districts. Okay. Um, so, who are the leaders of the team this year? Who are the guys that are stepping up, being those vocal leaders, leading by example?
8: I would definitely say probably Zay and Nick Johnson, yeah. but then definitely Cameron Marino. Okay. He's definitely, he comes up there whenever whenever we need somebody to speak up. He'll definitely be the one to do it. I for like sure.
1: that extra yeah. How do you say, like, energy? Mm-hmm.
8: He's definitely got a lot of energy. Maybe a little too much.
1: And after uh, team camp, you guys have bonded pretty well. You're yeah. ready for this year. Yeah. Cameron
6: yeah. yeah.
1: so. Max is also
6: a quiet leader. Yeah. Someone to lead just by example. And when he needs to say something, it doesn't always come out straight, but he'll say it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is, is that someone do you take pride in kind of loosening them up to? Can you do that with uh, humor? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not It's not intentional. <laughs> hey, it works. It all, gets it, the, yeah. it all gets the job done. Well, that's good. It's good to have leadership. And I talked to you know the guys last year, um, I think before the McCaskey game, I pointed out how Nick Johnson kind of seemed to be the emotional leader of the team last year. It's unique to have it be a junior. And he's got a great guy to have um, with you, uh, with your group this year. And I figured it would carry over. I'm not surprised. But I know there's always guys that step up. So it's good to hear Idea and uh, Cameron Marino and uh, hopefully hopefully, all the seniors have a, a way to get the point across that this could be the last time you're suiting up, not only for Wilson, but in football in general. I know the coaches throughout your career probably mentioned that you never know when it will be your last game. Mm-hmm. So a few more questions here. Who should Bulldogs fans be excited about seeing on offense and defense in 2018? Who's an underrated player, someone that could burst onto the scene that maybe we didn't hear about last year?
6: Um, on defense, someone that was heard about a little bit, but not as much as they should have been heard about, was that guy right there, Connor Cook. Yep, yeah. the stud. So, <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: Makes sense
9: there.
6: but honestly, Connor Cook. Okay.
9: I think on offense too, i um, Elijah Morales, um, yeah, running back. Um, he actually went into camp. I think i think he had a really good camp. So he's yeah shifty and he will have a big impact on offense this year.
6: Okay. Also, um, probably Avanti Lockhart. I think he'll have a solid yeah. year. All right? Big hit. couple running backs
1: there, replacing mm-hmm. me. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else jump out to you? It could be someone that played last year, but maybe they're due for a breakout year. I know you touched on
7: the ones with the other group. I know. think offensive-wise, Matt Fry is going to have a big year. Receiver, Offensively? Yes. Okay, yeah, And defensively. Yeah. They, they mentioned him on
1: defense, so when, hey, it's good to, to have them, the team yeah, play but, players step up. I also think Cam a big year this yeah. year, too. Are you you're so you're settled in at outside linebacker then? I know last year you kind
7: of bounced around it early in the season where you safety. playing a little sa- safety. Yeah, well this year I'm gonna probably do the same thing. I'm gonna play hybrid, play okay. outside and safety depending on the packages in certain games. But like I mean I don't mind doing it because whatever helps the team. So and I, it's easier for me because I actually understand safety because I got moved last year to it. So it's really easy and it helps the team because when we play a team that passes a lot, we need to have three safeties in the backfield. So.
1: So are they going to come up with a name for that position? You know, like some teams call those hybrid players like the Elephant or anything like that. They're going to, you know, could you be renaissance man setting a new trend here at Wilson? They can just call it Max. Yeah, yeah. Mags. that works. Kind of mags. <laughs> that works. Mags. Okay. Um, what's your favorite Wilson football memory so far? You know, it can be the, the two-year oh. high school career that you've gone through or it could be something from – from Little League to the way you worked up, what's been your Wilson football memory to date?
8: I have a few. Right. Definitely, well, definitely like teammates, like just like us bonding it would definitely just be this past year at camp. Like, I could not stop laughing. Like, literally, I could not. My favorite year
2: of camp. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
8: it was just so much fun. But then, like, in LP, like, definitely my midget year when we won, like, the championship. When Abdul won the championship. No. He was not the only one who scored. I also scored. So, like, that's right. (laughs) But definitely that was just, like, fun because, you know, you always talk about winning a championship. And that's, like, the first time you got to win a championship. And then uh, high school. Um, I don't know. Definitely, uh, this, just this past year when we faced uh, Barbone and uh, okay. Conestoga Valley, so Valley, Valley, that was a that was a fun game. And then, uh, yeah, those are fun, fun times. we
6: are you going to talk about Little
8: League? Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and
6: Cameron, what are you? Yeah. Uh, my championship in, what, 2011
9: or like that? 20 or 98 yards of the house. Yeah. That was yeah
8: he only cared about the midget year, just saying. <laughs> whatever, you know, I mean.
9: whatever we still want. Yeah, but we appreciate um, Also.
6: Probably sophomore year when we won the district championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that I was in the hospital. <laughs> but we still won. Uh, yeah. But memories, they just keep
9: going. Yeah. My Favorite memory for, for high school was definitely a district championship our sophomore year, getting that whole like, Hershey experience and knowing what it's like to be there and uh, just knowing we have a chance to get back there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the big one for the mm-hmm. first group was that district championship. That's yeah, what I always but,
9: remember. Come back from two touchdown deficit, too. Especially the way it happened, yeah.
7: for sure. What about you, man? I, I say the district championship game yeah. also. And then I say camp because, like, this year I was kind of disappointed because this year in camp we learned that there's a, uh, what is it, sheets? They had Oh, oh the, turkey had, the turkey hill. The turkey yeah. hill, and they had the best smooth uh, slushies. slushies. And it's, like, the first time I'm like, why didn't I know this, like, my sophomore junior year? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was a little disappointed in that, but. So, so now
1: you got to decide, do you pass that knowledge down or do you save it for seniors only? That's the biggest yeah, question. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Because Maybe. a se- secret that you keep. Yeah. yeah. I
6: mean, the last, I saw sophomores and juniors there when yeah. Um, yeah. I went with Nick. Cat's out of the bag. So uh, yeah. <laughs> they might have spread it down for the next couple of years. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. So what's it like to play for Coach Doms?
6: All uh, right.
9: Coach Doms. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I love him. I mean, yeah. yeah.
9: yeah. <laughs> Nothing you can't like about him, except when he makes like a lot of like references that we just don't get you know, yeah. Yeah. to old like music and like TV shows and movies.
6: I mean the Coach Doms like he can joke around, but he can also be very yeah. serious because I remember when he ripped me apart uh, against <laughs> Lebanon last year, called me a JB player and like people stand her. <laughs> and I was like I was scared to
1: play for the rest of the
6: game but yeah, gotta love him.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what the first group mentioned, how how obviously uh, passionate and dedicated and professionally is when you guys are outside in these summer programs, but then you come in here and you're doing lifting or stuff and he can joke with you, he can have mm-hmm. fun. Um, you yeah, know, that's the, 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 the good side, having two sides of the coin, but both are good. One Both are necessary to have a, a team. Any other comments about Coach Dom's I had bought him a slushie at LBC. How'd yeah. <laughs> yeah. that go? Did mean,
6: appreciate that? Loved go. it. He <laughs> loves slushies, so that's something I'll remember forever. <laughs>
1: there you go. Do you guys have any pregame superstitions or routines, anything you have to do? It could be the weekly, after the game, or it could be game day.
7: Well, for me, I know for like both sports lacrosse and football, I have to listen to music for like an hour and a half before the game. And I cannot talk to anyone or do anything else. I also started last year just sitting on the bleachers and with no shoes on just, and just sit there for like 45 minutes and just, just watching and you picture yourself playing, doing the plays in your head. I know. Um,
6: i walk two laps before the game. Uh, if I'm going to be playing, I go get taped and I come back and then I get spatted. And then um, I try to stay loose. But I also try to get serious at the same time, so I don't like to talk to people but I like to talk to people. And then once Dom's speech goes, I have to like do this weird thing to to myself as I walk out of the uh as I walk out of locker, room. I have to do that. And as I walk onto the field I have to touch the bulldog under its face and then on the top.
1: So where do these come from, these specific things that you do? Is it just something you started and continued, or did it was it passed down? Did you see another player doing it?
6: Um, the walking in two laps, that was just something I did to get my nerves down. Um, but the tape, that's just something I kind of just did, so I was like, I might just keep doing it. Right. And the touching the
8: bulldog, I accidentally did it one time, and I was like, I'm like, doing it for the rest of my high school career. All right. Do you guys, have anything? Definitely, I gotta go to the bathroom at least like four to five times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something. It's like kind of like clockwork when I know like I gotta go. Just gotta go, go, go. And then I got to uh, right before we walk out on the uh, like before we leave the locker room. I have to touch like my locker number, and then then I'm set.
9: Right. Yeah, I don't. Anything? I don't really have any superstitions, but I'm definitely gonna try to develop a, like a routine this year and get into it and stick with it. Okay. Do you, you know, you talk about tape and
1: spats. You have. Specific or any of you have a specific athletic trainer, you gotta see Doc. Doc so, or Karen. Doc can. Yeah. That's yeah. it. For sure. Nobody else.
6: I mean, sometimes I let other people do my spat just because spat is. It's, it can be flexible. Okay. But if it's like wrist
1: tape, Doc can. <laughs> Anything with the uniforms, like I socks, untouched. jersey, untucked, okay. One of the big things when I was playing was to roll up the sleeves as tight as you possibly get. Uh, that was like the biggest thing. I didn't do that because I didn't care, but there are other people that they had to be done. Of course, the jerseys have changed so much over the years. may not be necessary, but that's what I always remember is some of those jerseys having to roll up as high as you could and get them as tight. Uh, it was always very interesting to see. So um, did you guys have a favorite high school player growing up? You know, is there a bulldog that you enjoyed watching or if you weren't? You weren't in
9: Wilson
1: the whole time. Anyone that
9: you watched on Friday nights that you Rodney remember? Gillen. Who was that? Rodney Gillen. Rodney Gillen. i remember seeing. i my two favorites probably um, quarterbacks. Uh, Seth Klein and Zach Swisick.
7: Okay. Those are my two two favorite to watch. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna say Rodney Gillen also because he was just fun to watch. Yep. The games I used to yep. watch him leave out like Junior Joseph too. Yeah, they yeah. were just fun guys yeah, yeah. to watch.
8: Let's say, uh, it's John Raff Snyder or whatever. John he was Snyder it, right? yeah, Snyder. Snyder. yeah, yeah. I just because when I when I went to the camp here, like the little kids camp, mm-hmm. like he was, I don't know, he was just cool, and I just kept watching. Well, yeah, I watched him then. He was a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was uh, uh, he was part of that
1: 2013 team that a lot of people were discounting. Yeah. And all they did was go undefeated mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. regular season and make it to the district semifinals. Uh, and if not for a, a kicker that ended up at Penn State, Joey King, Julius, like a yeah. forty plus yard 40, field goal, like forty forty I remember, that. Ago. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, so they battled that Logan offensive. Yeah, yeah, Joey Julius. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that twenty thirteen team was massively underrated, and they had one of the most successful teams teams that Wilson's had. So you never quite know how the season's going to play out. Uh, how about uh, college or pro? Do you have a favorite team? NFL, college? Do you like to watch?
8: My fantasy team. Your fantasy yes, team? Yes, whoever's on my fantasy team is Big who Pittsburgh I like. Big Pittsburgh Steelers
9: fan. Yeah, Steelers? Same. Steelers? I mean, if I'm going to
6: claim a team, I claim the Ravens, but I just really like to watch this gross.
1: <laughs> what about college? Is there a specific college you like to watch? Or you've been a fan of your whole life? Um, I've
9: always liked to watch Ohio State. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like
1: it. <laughs> <laughs>
7: You're
6: on my list.
7: <laughs> um
9: I always like to watch college all college football, but i root for a team be Ohio
8: State.
7: Yeah, you too. Alright. I, mean, I like watching like Pitt because my dad grew up there. Okay. And right like, and I know some of the kid guys on the team, so Yeah.
8: Yeah, I don't really have one. Not really. No. Okay. How
7: about, really? Um, well, I mean, how about how about players? players, pro or college players
1: when you're growing up or, or playing now? Someone you like to uh, model your game after and just really enjoy watching on Saturdays or Sundays? Uh
6: my favorite player growing up is Ed Reed. Okay. Just love the way he played. Yep.
9: Uh, favorite player? I'd probably say Aaron Rodgers, because I think I forget he was drafted. I don't even know if He went drafted, but yeah. see his story is kind of cool, and he also just like an amazing quarterback.
1: Yeah, they talked about him being the number one pick that ended up being Alex Smith, and he dropped into the twenties. Yeah, package picking but it's worked out pretty okay
7: for him. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, my favorite player, but I have never watched him because he's like when i was born jack lambert yeah. okay yeah yeah because my dad grew up telling me all the stories and even my grandfather told me stories of how tough he was and like i have a bunch of pictures in my room of him with no teeth on and stuff like that <laughs> we even named our dog lambert after him yeah so. there you go yeah yeah he's old pretty- school
8: I mean, honestly, I mean, I really don't have like a favorite player. I
7: mean, Come on, <laughs> Cookie.
8: I, I mean, I, yeah, I really don't. I just, I don't know. I just like watching it, like yeah, just yeah, watching. Not, yeah, just watching. Don't all focus of them. on a
7: team or a player. Just yeah,
8: yeah, exactly. All right. So I think actually this is my
1: last question to so wrap it up and bring it back to Wilson. Uh, just your, what's your message to the fans in the community? What should they look out for in 2018, and what does this team have in store for them?
6: Um, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people are already counting us out knocking us off, but um,
9: just stay tuned. We're give you guys a show. Show up and be loud. We'll do our job. Yeah. For
8: sure. Definitely come out. Yeah. yeah. Make the stands full. Bring the, fa- bring <laughs> the family. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Please.
1: Well, another interesting year. You know, Really close to starting, just a few weeks away mm-hmm. from a climatization camp, scrimmage, and then it's ready to roll against yeah, right. Central mm-hmm. Dolphin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be playing board. All right, well, thanks for joining us, guys. I'm sure I'll catch up with plenty of you after games on Friday night. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks thanks for having us. us. Thank you. All right, well, that was Connor Cook, Cameron Magalotti, Cameron Heckman, and Isaiah Gilmore. Thanks to those guys for taking the time to sit down and talk the 2018 season with me again. They are very much excited for this season. They feel like they've got a lot to prove. They feel like they're underdogs, which is where I, I, as a fan, a coach want to be. And as a player, you always want to be underestimated rather than everyone talking about how good you are. So I'm excited for this season. I think the guys have been working incredibly hard. It's a different mindset than I think last year. I think, you know, I don't ever want to talk as though I'm downplaying the attributes and the experience of 2017 but each senior class is just a different makeup and this this group is showing that it has pointed it out not just them but the coaches as well
0: right and we we've kind of seen uh similar things kind of cycle it's just it's a different group from year to year and we we've talked about this about previous years um you know it's just different and the way uh season unfolds one year can have a direct correlation to um, maybe the perception or the outlook of players moving into the next season. You know, some of those players don't get that next season, right? The senior class from last year, they're done. They've moved on. But the underclassmen, they're left to kind of like answer literally our questions of what now, right? So um, they have a different view on it based on their perspective. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to hear their takes on how just that brief part about before, but moving forward and again, you know, get to that one game at a time mentality.
1: These preseason interviews are one of the highlights of the entire season for me, at least bulldog hour wise, just because it's it's fun to see expectations and talk to the next crop. And especially when I get to talk to guys that I got to coach a few years ago, that's always a fun aspect to see how they are four years later. You know, these guys were with me. Um, in 2014, we had a, a great year with them then and them coming together with the crowd from Southern. You know, I think uh, I think the season's shaping up to be a, a pretty memorable one. And I'm never going to get into predictions on this show because that's not something I ever want to put on the team uh, in a good or a bad way. And I also don't want to give bulletin board of material to any other team that right. we may play. Right. But I think uh, I think this group is uh is, is ready to make some noise this season.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I hope so. Um, you know, and like we said, we have a, a lot more to kind of break down before the season starts, but, uh, it was a great start hearing from these guys. I really like when we have the opportunity. Again, we've talked about this before, based on wins, um, getting to interview players after the games. And sometimes it correlates to guys. We got preseason interviews with mm-hmm. and being able to reflect, especially later in the season or after Specific moments or things that they're looking forward to, and they bring up in these interviews. Kind of getting to reflect back on those uh, towards the end of the season, I think, is is kind of fun. Um, that's predicated on successful Friday nights, though, because yep. we stay away. Um, if yeah. it's not as successful, yeah. Fine. I
1: mean, real, you know, full blown journalists are going to talk to them when they're down. But I want nothing to do with the players and coaches right. after yeah. they lost, because well, I'm feeling the same way they are. You know, and I'm less involved than they are. So I don't want like, I don't, I wouldn't, no, do you, you want You don't want to ask
0: the question any more than they want to answer. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll <laughs> let, let Mike Drago and Jeff Reinert and um, uh, Sam Marchinek or John Block, whoever they send from 69 news, like any of the, the great coverage that we get in this area, that's their job. They get paid for that. We're not getting paid to do this. So I, you know, if you want to hear something after a loss, you're going to have to check Red and Eagle or 69 right. news. Right. And
0: like we said. We we really like the amount of access we're given. You know, as you can see with the interviews, as you'll see uh, in the next episode with the with the assistant coaches' interviews, with eventually the coach Dom's interview, like all of that stuff, we're given access. Uh, they kind of don't bat an eye at us being yeah. there and being around, which is awesome. Um, we're not about to go to look the step on toes. <laughs>
1: no, not at all. Yeah. So so again, want to thank uh, yeah Connor Cameron, Cameron and Isaiah. Uh, for that second part of the interview just heard. And like Justin just said, for the, the football team program and the athletic department for everything they have allowed us to do over these uh, last three plus years as we're entering here season four. But that's pretty much it for episode three of the fourth season. We'll be back next week with episode four of the fourth season. And again, that'll be another interview heavy episode where I talked to John Lorchak, the new offensive line coach. So We got to talk to him and his reintroduction to the Wilson staff And then this year sat down with Ernie Wolber, who's always a great interview, but got to add a former teammate of his and a longtime uh, coach with him, Paul Covell. So that's another new face on the Bulldog Hour this year. And all that will be coming on episode four next week. So really, all I want to add here at the end is go to BulldogHour.com early, often, repeatedly, because I'm always changing and updating it, whether it's the history archive, whether it's about fundraisers, whether it's Wilson football announcement announcements, or it's merchandise. You can get all that information, including finally finding the back catalog of all of our episodes available audio only, or as videos, anything to add from you?
0: No. Um, like you said, we, thanks to the guys who uh, took extra time, um, to, uh, meet, meet with us and, and answer our questions. And, uh, we appreciate it without them. Uh, the show really wouldn't be able without their willingness to do that. Uh, the show wouldn't really be able to take the form that you and I kind of have envisioned for this. So uh, we appreciate that a lot. So thanks guys.
1: So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and remember go go Bulldogs. Bulldogs.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog
8: hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit
0: www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on
2: jmnjrradio.com.